brother, 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 brother. Oh, yeah. Brother. Yeah, there we go. It is still Friday. Yeah, Friday, uh, March 24th. Uh, and it has just finished being sacrifice night um, for Impact Wrestling. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. Uh, it is the, I guess, Impact Power Hour again. Uh, and I'm one of three hosts for tonight. I'm Ryan. I'm Angelo. I'm Pat. And yeah, uh, we're going to go over the sacrifice card, uh, the announcements that Impact is uh, made uh, last night and this morning uh, and today uh, during the show uh, and yeah um, for those of you guys who are new here welcome uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms uh, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast you can follow us over on Twitter uh, at Deep Six Wrestling, uh, we do do live tweeting of some shows, post our opinions, uh, things like that. Run polls uh, for AEW, for big WWE shows, and of course Impact. Uh, so give it a follow if you would. It's free uh, and easy to do. Uh, but with that being said, I guess we can move it on over to the big stuff that happened uh, in the last. I guess a little over 24 hours for Impact. Uh, after last night's episode of Impact uh, ended, um, there was, I guess, the first announcement was, was it Mickey getting I think pulled? Mickey was first. Yeah. So it, there was the announcement that uh, Mickey James had gotten injured and was being pulled from the sacrifice card. Uh, for her defense against Jordan Grace. Uh, they didn't go into any more detail other than that there'd be an announcement at Sacrifice. A big announcement for the division. Yes. Um, and then they immediately followed that up by announcing that the meet and greets for the show would still include Mickey James, or would include Mickey James, uh, which was like, okay, well, A that's strange. weird. Yeah, yeah, you're announcing that this person is injured and can't wrestle, but she made the trip to another country. Um, and then uh, right before the show, uh, Mickey made her own post talking about how uh, she kept on saying it wasn't like... She didn't mention relinquishing the title or anything. It was just she would have answers and... An announcement about the future of the Knockouts division uh, and the Knockouts championship um, later tonight uh, during Sacrifice, um, which made me think that this is more of a storyline situation. Um, I don't know if it, if it is a storyline situation. It's very weird to do. Pull a match, which was probably your biggest match at the point, uh, after the second bit of news that we'll go into. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, her, uh, the second bit of uh, news was that this morning it was announced that Josh Alexander 
was vacating the Impact World Championship uh, because he had tore his pec and was having surgery later that day. Um, and so that immediately made it seem, just based off of how surgeries work, uh, you can't just, like, for a torn pec, you're not going to go get that immediately done once you tear yeah, your pec. It didn't just happen last night type of situation. Like right. He, he could have been working with this injury, potentially. It could have happened. I, I would, you know, some people were pointing to a, a show at AAA. That was his last match. But, I mean, yeah. that was maybe Tuesday. So, like, realistically, you know, Ryan and I were thinking, like, had to have been at least a couple weeks ago. It could have been at the tapings that happened, and he just worked through it and didn't realize the extent of the injury until, you know, now. Or well, a couple weeks ago, he had to schedule surgery and whatnot. So, you know, unfortunate loss, I think, for, you know, many reasons. I think, you know, we don't get to see really, like, a, a correct ending to his the longest reign in Impact Wrestling. Um, and, you know, a lot of repercussions to follow. Yeah, and it's definitely, uh, again, it was very strange to follow up, like, the announcement that Mickey was injured and her match was getting pulled by immediately the next day being like, oh, and also your world champion is now vacated, which is, that was my reasoning on why it seemed like Mickey's was more storyline is the fact that she wasn't getting her title stripped, but we'd later learn during the show at least what the injury that they're talking about is, um... Yeah, um, it's also, it goes back to this weird, wonky way that Impact does their shows, where they're clearly taped weeks in advance, um, but then uh, you've got storylines acting like the matches happened 24 hours ago, um, which is strange, um, uh, because Mickey said that, you know, after her match, she she just felt like something was off. And she, she immediately went to the doctors to get it checked out. And they revealed it was a broken rib. Um, whereas, like, the match happened weeks ago. If it was a broken rib, you, you would have made an announcement before advertising for a full month this match was happening. You'd think. Right, right. That, that's exactly how we would think with this one, especially like like that one's not like a oh I need to wait for swelling to go down type of situation. Like broken rib from like you know, as a knowledge as a football fan, usually it's like an injury you don't have like surgery on. You kind of just have to wait. As a Jets fan, that was pretty miserable this season waiting for Mike White to try to come back from ribs injuries, um, or if you had Justin Herbert on fantasy, yeah, you know that was pretty gruesome. Like he played through a ribs injury. It, it's just one of those things. It's a pain tolerance. Like it's it's not gonna. It could get worse, absolutely, but it's not really like surgery is going to fix it and you're ready to rock. Like, it's just like you might have to wait a few weeks. So that's kind of what Mickey James said today. You know, work or not, we won't speculate really that much. Yeah. Um, but the idea is, you know, I'm hoping I'm ready for rebellion. That's, that's kind of the, the mentality that's going into it. So I'm sure the next few weeks of Impact episodes are going to be kind of about will she be ready well, you know, Jordan keep, like, dogging her and egging her on that, like, you keep ducking me. Like, this is just another excuse. Like, I'm sure there's going to be some build in that direction. Yeah. So. Um, and I, we were talking beforehand a little bit. Uh, just do, do we think that this is a, a situation where if this Josh injury did happen at, like, another show that wasn't Impact, do you think this is a situation where Impact would be less likely to allow 
champions, especially a world champion, to go on to other shows and possibly risk injuries when they've already got big, like when leading up to big like pay per view shows. Yeah, I mean, like I I am all for like wrestlers being able to work as much as they can, but I think it's important. For you know the impact and, and pretty much anything that's televised, really, like you, you have a televised product out there. You got to make sure that you know your main attraction, your world champion, is going to be available as often as possible. So I think for impact, for you know what Ring of Honor is going to be doing, you want to make sure those wrestlers are fresh. The you know the main core, and that's usually a world champion and maybe a couple others. Maybe maybe it is more important to build into these contracts for the Josh Alexanders and others down the road. You, if you win the, if you're holding the belt, you're only working for us, and you're you're only doing meet and greets and signings outside of that. Like we can't have you working other shows. I mean, Josh Alexander is supposed to be, be in Asbury Park, New Jersey, this Sunday. Yeah. You know, I mean, that wasn't going to be a televised match. They would have probably drew a few hundred people there. Like it wasn't going to yeah. be a huge, you know, monumental payday or anything. I, I think those types of things need to be taken off the card if you're a, you know, world champion. I mean, same thing when John Moxley was doing GCW shows when he was holding the AEW belt it's, it's just risky business out there and you know i know impact is lower budget than it used to be back in the day but i would hope you're you have enough to you know basically make your world champion comfortable to the point where they don't need to go out there and do other performances pat any thoughts yeah i feel like um you i would have assumed that when you're you know paying off when when Presumably, again, we were all under the assumption that Macklin was most likely going to dethrone Josh at Rebellion. Um, so I feel like if you knew that you were a month away from this, um, at this point, you know, you'd want to have Josh protected and make sure he's going to be okay for it. Especially after you have, you know, the whole Omega thing where you were building towards Omega versus Alexander, but it had to get pulled because AEW needed to protect Kenny so he could do the match with Hangman. Yeah, that's true. It happened in the other way. AEW prioritize Kenny Omega. And they, yeah, they took him so away. like I feel like I, I totally see what you know the point of you know why if you're doing this thing where Josh is having like a year long reign with the belt and making history and you are so close to to having the payoff possibly you probably should have him limited dates at the very least for outside wrestling appearances. A hundred percent, I agree. It's, but it, and it's not even just because it's televised or anything like that, but it, it's the main focus. Like, if this is a freelancer and you're, I don't know, like, if you're Impact and you put the belt on Kenny Omega, you, you don't have a say in what Kenny Omega can do because he's a contracted person to somebody else, This that he, and he's basically freelancing to you. Or you can't just be like, okay, well, Kenny, uh, can you stop appearing on AEW or, like, wrestling on AEW regularly? Um, if Impact put the title on, or a title on, like, a New Japan guy, he can't tell New Japan, hey, don't use this guy while we build to other shows. Because, uh, again, you're not the people who are providing for him the majority of their, their pay. Um Whereas Josh is signed to Impact, it's his bread and butter, basically. Um, so you'd think that you'd be able to tell him, hey, like I know you love wrestling as much as you can, but like, it, especially if it's yeah. something that he was working through, um, like calm it down a little bit. Like we can, 
like for the triple A show, like it was, it was a, a three three person tag or a trios tag matches he was doing. It's like you could have sent somebody else who was Canadian that could fill that role. Uh, like the PCO. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> no, yeah. The the point I think is is just like. It, it, Companies need to, and I'm sure they already already do think about it. But it's like there is a, an importance of protecting your world champion. You know, injury is obviously going to happen in professional wrestling. It's a impact action sport, so these things will happen. But you obviously want to lessen the likelihood of that happening, especially on a televised product. And you're, you're trying to legitimize what impact wrestling is, and you want to make sure you have champions there that can be able to perform and we're, we're speculating wholeheartedly we don't yeah. really know where the injury came from it could have happened in training he could have been working through it for months we don't know the full extent but it, it was just more of a talking point and just you know our thoughts you know try to make sure your champions are protected because you want to prevent these things as much as you can yeah um again we'll f- I, I i think we'll figure out more stuff going on with the mickey james situation as time goes on the josh situation we wish the best his recovery. Absolutely. If Mickey is injured, the same thing. Um, but considering it's a broken rib and they're trying to, I guess we should, instead of just going and talking about it when the show happens, uh, she says that, uh, you know, she, she's aiming to be ready for a rebellion, but if not, then she'll vacate it to the winner of the rebellion match that they have scheduled, um, which. Rebellion, I think, is in three week, two or three weeks. So, if this is a new injury that like just happened and it wasn't regarding this match that happened a month ago, at this point, um, there's no way you're gonna have a broken rib fixed in three, in two to three weeks, most likely. Um, whereas, you know, if it's something that's been, if it's an actual injury that happened in that match a month ago. And yeah, then it's six weeks out. Thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, but the new match uh, for Rebellion is going to be because Jordan Grace was owed a match. She is going to face the winner of the Fatal Four Way at Multiverse United, uh, which is happening on Thursday. And Mickey James's replacement in that match is Masha Slamovich. So it will be Masha Slamovich versus Deanna Peraza versus Giselle Shaw versus and Pat Miyu Yamashita. Is that Miyu Yamashita? Yamashita. Okay, thank you. Um, of Tokyo. What? Tokyo Joshi Pro. Okay, thank you. Um, and so winner of that will face Jordan at Rebellion. If Mickey is cleared to wrestle at Rebellion, it becomes a triple threat. If not, it is for the new, the vacant uh, knockouts title. Um, yeah. Um, they didn't announce anything for the kickoff show originally, and then right before the, sh- the kickoff show, they announced uh, Rosemary versus uh, Kylan King. Um, and then... While me and Angela were going to pick up dinner for everybody, uh, the first match happened, which was unannounced, and that was Bupinder Gujar versus Eddie Edwards, correct, Pat? Uh, Pat, you watched the match. 
Can you tell us anything of note that was important in this match? In six uh, paragraphs or less, <laughs> preferably. Yeah. Uh, Bupinder Bupin Gujar almost killed Eddie Edwards with a suplex, dropping him on his head and then failed to do a kip-up. Uh, the commentary <laughs> team talked about how this was supposed to be Bupinder's storybook ending, which didn't make a lick of sense because his impact career is just <laughs> getting started. Uh, but this, this was apparently match. this. I don't think this was his hometown. It was something about this is where he like came, like he moved to and went to school here or something. Went to the bathroom there once. Yeah, basically. Well, so the story with Bupinder, at least from what Impact has told us, he's he's from India. He moved to Canada to start training to be a wrestler. So I guess Windsor, Ontario would be the, wherever he went to. Either he went to actual school there or that's where he went for wrestling school, I'd assume. Um, so, so I get the, the correlation there. But not storybook ending. No, no wrong, wrong word. Anyways, Eddie Edwards hit him with the Boston Knee Party in one. This was a match that anybody could skip. Damn, he beat him with his signature, not even his, new, his finisher. Oof. Um, then we had Kylan King versus Rosemary. Um, honestly, I don't remember much about this match. I don't know why. I think we talked a, a lot about how um, Kylan King has been around the ropes for the past. Well, she was she's an AEW dark regular, yeah. and now all of a sudden she came onto Impact, you know, on TV t- terms like three weeks ago, and she's a champion. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's an exciting. You know, time for Kylan King and Taylor Mild, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know where this like necessarily goes with Rosemary and no Taya in the picture anymore. So, but but we did get Taylor Wild with the tarot cards. Yeah, I got, I mean, I that, got to that's see that's it. That's a thing yeah, that uh, yeah. happens every week. But I don't watch so. every week, so I got it's, to see it on paper. Yeah. It's it's a real deal. She she yeah. looks at the tarot cards and decides whether or not she wants to help Killer Kelly in. A title match or not? Yeah, or what if they'll be able to actually win matches? Because uh, that's what tells her if the match, if they should win the match or if they should lose the match. Well, you um, know, it's all in the cards. Yeah, um, we also point out that Kylie King is much taller than I think you you think. Like I don't know. Like I think that's what she's known for is her height. Yeah, like she just towers over everybody. Like even yeah, Havoc, cool. who I think is a pretty tall woman in herself. Like when they like were at ringside again, just walking around, uh, like it seemed like she towered over her as well. Um, yeah, I mean, just overall in the past month, like Kylie King winning matches, I'm not used to that. You know, she was a basically talent enhancement on AEW Dark. Yeah. So I'm, um, you know, happy for her that she's found maybe her footing in Impact Wrestling at least for the time being. Yeah. Um, I know she was appearing in NWA for a while. She had done stuff, uh, interviews about. Uh, how you know NWA was giving her a bigger platform. She wanted to win the the women's title there. Um, that was her focus, and then she appeared on Impact. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know how long she's gonna last in Impact <laughs> if she's doing interviews about how you know her focus is NWA and stuff. But then she signed a contract to Impact, and she's a champion. And yeah, um, Rosemary would win this match, um, and. I mean, I, the feud continues between the Death Dolls uh, and uh, the Coven. Um, Pat, any thoughts, prayers? No. Cool. 
Um, we would then go on to our main show, uh, and the main show would kick off with a rematch from the No Surrender kickoff show. It was Speedball Mike Bailey versus Jonathan Gresham, and I know me and Pat had talked about uh, this card not being the best card that Impact has ever put together um, for a, a pay-per-view or Impact Plus show. Uh, he had pointed out, and you can correct me if, I, if I'm putting words into your mouth, but you were not uh, as enthusiastic about their previous encounter. Um, oh, yeah, no, I don't think that, uh, surprisingly, uh, looking at the No Surrender card, I didn't think Gresham and Bailey was all that special. Uh, it was just a pre-show match. No real heat behind it. It was just a match that existed. So, I mean, I was hoping that this one was going to be more since it was on the, the main show, and it was. So Yeah, I think that this was a much better uh, showing for both of these guys. It wasn't just, hey, you're a good wrestler. I'm a good wrestler. Let's wrestle. It was more... Mike Bailey wanted to get his rematch. They got a rematch. It's actually on the main show of the pay-per-view. And we're going to give you a lot of time to do it. Yeah, you could, you could feel the animosity between the two wrestlers in the ring. So, I mean, that definitely helped. Um, I mean, overall, I, I don't think it's, like, the best matchup for Mike Bailey. You know, Jonathan Gresham is a very fine technical wrestler, and he keeps got wrestlers grounded. Right? I'd rather kind of see Mike Bailey float around against, like, a Kenny King, and they fly around well together. That's that's just my personal preference. That's fair. Um, I think that this match, if anything, it allowed us to see a different, a more uh, aerial side of Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. He was moving around. He was trying to match uh, Mike Bailey when he realized he couldn't get him grounded at, at all times. Um, so that's good to show that he's a little bit more diverse. Uh, if you just think, oh, he's just a technical guy or anything like that, he can he can move around, he can jump around. Um, but the main story of this, it looked like they were just uh, just you know two guys who are kind of rivals because they're both really good. Um, and then uh, there's a little shove from uh, Jonathan Gresham to. Uh, Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey took offense to it. They started just slapping the crap out of each other, pushing, shoving, uh, and then that led to just an increase in the pace uh, of this matchup. Um, and yeah, um, Mike Bailey would end up picking up the win. Um, and I don't think this is the end of this little rivalry between them. No, they're one and one. I think they'll go again. Again, I. Going into this, I assume Bailey won the first match. That that pretty much says everything about No Surrender for me, that I had the actual match finish uh, completely <laughs> True. wrong. To be fair, I did as well. Yeah. But I, I, well, I think it just shows that No Surrender felt like a nothing show. Oh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I thought that No Surrender, as of right now, is my worst uh, major show of any company this year that I've watched. I think our curiosity for after this match with Gresham is you know, that, that's two recent big losses for him. He just lost to Kushida on Impact, and now he lost to Bailey in the rematch, essentially. So we knew he was, you know, the reason him and AEW didn't see eye to eye was he was kind of a stickler. He didn't want to just drop the belt mm-hmm. to Claudio. And, you know, I, I, that was different. He was the champion at the time, but he seems to not be willing to just, you know, consistently lose. I think he wants to see a direction for his own character. So. 
we're curious to see if Impact even offers that. Yeah, well, again, there's always the possibility that they've already planned out what is coming for him, and so he knows. But yeah, that's a good point. That like again, we saw last year where he came into ROH, AEW, seemingly had a direction, but then didn't like where it was going, and then just up and left. Yeah. Right. Uh, so there's, uh, we'll see. Again, it seems like I don't assume. I, I'm a part of me assumes he's just kind of happy to be there because uh, he gets to work with his wife, Jordan yeah. Grace, mm-hmm. and. He gets to have matches with some of his friends, um, so I, I think he'll have. I'm, I am curious to see where he falls on the card over the next year, because um, I, I I don't know. I like Jonathan Gresham as a wrestler, but the two again. I thought this was the best match on the show. I will say that. I agree. I thought this was um, the best match as well. But I, uh, I I don't think I've like been totally blown away by him in Impact for the two matches I've seen this year for him. Um, I did like him last year, like the stuff with Macklin. I agree, yeah, that, like that, that. run was better so yeah. far. Um, but I, again, it's early, so I'll still give it a chance, but I don't really know where he lands. Yeah, and I think that's kind of how the entire... Because I, I, I don't know if you're going to put him in the X Division for a bit and then move him up, or if because he's already an established world champion in another promotion, if you put him towards the world championship... My assumption is X Division. I do too, but I I feel like at this point the X Division is kind of stagnated uh, because of this the long ass feud that Trey had with the uh, with Decay Mm. for so long, and then it was hey I don't have a match like the last month has been I don't have a match at No Surrender, I don't have a match at this show. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of momentum in the X Division, and it kind of did get stifled there because yeah. it was people put it in different directions. But Jonathan Gresham would probably be that right person to even necessarily just throw the belt on because yeah. he, he would offer a lot of new types of matches against new opponents. And you bring in new people, like you could bring back a Rocky Romero to face him or an Alex Zane or you know, the guys that you would come in for random appearances. I, I think like you could do that again if Jonathan Gresham to take the belt off Trey. Yeah, it's just one of those situations where I mean, the the X Division the X Division when Josh took the, had the title was easily one of the hottest titles in in major wrestling for a bit. Um, once he lost the titles, when Speedball uh, eventually got the title, Speedball made it a fantastic belt. Yeah, yeah, he did. It was entertaining because he, he defended it against a lot of different opponents. Brought Allen Angels into the scene again. Yeah, um, it did fall apart once uh, Kaz put in option C. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I hate to say it. I'm a big fan of Kaz, but just that that booking was rough because it just it stopped the momentum of the belt. It didn't hurt Mike Bailey in the long run, it seems, but no. it just it definitely hurt you know one of the staples of Impact Wrestling, which is the X Division title. Yeah. Yeah, um, Trey got it. I was interested to see where it was going. It led to a multi-month feud with Black Tours, uh, and then transitioning into a crazy Steve feud, uh, which they they had great, good matches, good to great matches in all of them. Um, but after that, it was like Impact just dropped the ball completely on what what do we do with the X division. Yeah, I think with time, if they need to, they could build it up again, and I think Jonathan Gresham could be the right person to yeah. kind of wedge in there. Yep. I mean, you, you, there, there's a lot of people you can throw in there. We've got this multi-person match coming out of uh, a Multiverse United. It'll be interesting to see. I, I mean, Pat, you've already said that your thought is that Trey's going to walk out still champ. There's a lot of people involved in it, so who knows what happens. I... 
I would think that Trey would win just over like one of the New Japan people just because I don't know how long the New Japan people are going to be actually in America for, or actually, I should say, Canada. in Canada for, uh, or, or, or can get to Canada uh, just through work visas and stuff because that's got to be a little bit tougher to go to America for this one show uh, and then try to transition to Canada. Um, I'm not sure how that process would work for them. Yeah, I will say I didn't say that on the podcast. So no, for no, anybody no, who this, anybody this who wasn't anybody yeah, who wasn't bad. in our living room, yeah. uh, I, I think Trey keeps the title and enters the best of the Super Junior, similar to how Ace Austin did it last year. So, okay. uh, but yeah, but um, yeah, next match on the card uh, is one that we can pretty much skip through. It was <laughs> another meeting between Joe Hendry and Brian Myers. Uh, you don't believe. No, I Joe believe Hendry. I like Joe Hendry. Okay. I like Joe Hendry. I don't like Brian Myers. See, uh, every time you know, you can say that you like Brian Myers. I know you two like Brian Myers. Anytime this guy gets a singles match on these fucking shows, it's always one of the worst matches on the card. I see. I thought this was one of the stronger matches on the card. He, he, I think he serves his purpose. Yeah, I mean, I, like he's not gonna, he's not gonna be a barn burner like uh, you know Kenny Omega versus Vikingo, but uh, right, he, no. he offers. I think he offers some good heel tactics. I, he's good. He's a good worker. He's not going to blow you out of, the, out of the water with, like, all these major spots. But he's going to wrestle a perfectly fine, capable match. Could, I say, he, could I say heel Heat Slater? No, heel no. Heel Heat Slater? I, I, will, oh. I will go I, You know, I I'd say Myers better. is more entertaining. I would okay. go better. I would say that Brian Myers is the Dolph Ziggler of Impact Wrestling. You're high. He, he <laughs> is a perfectly fine worker. He is the definition of... Of a good hand in the ring. No, Dolph Ziggler's Dolph, Dolph Ziggler was once a legitimately great wrestler. <laughs> Brian Myers is a legitimately fantastic individual. Uh, he has the total I hope it comes. I hope it comes out that he's a murderer. Well, yes. <laughs> then we have I, that. Then we have that announce it live on his podcast. <laughs> hey guys, this, I just uh, killed WrestleMania somebody. weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, Cheap heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, brother, uh, Brian Myers. I'm sure he's a good person. I just don't think he's very good. Wow. Um, wow. And again, anytime he's on these shows in singles matches, I always tune out. Uh, Joe Hendry beat him here. Again, it was a fine match. I, a definition of average. Joe Hendry got a big decisive win. Crowd was yeah. Joe Hendry. I, I, the only thing I guess was before the match was like um, Moose came out and was gonna, you know, say like I'm gonna be in your corner. Santino said absolutely not. Banned Moose from ringside. So it was a you know fair one on one match. Yeah, and so the assumption is at least on my part is that we're doing Moose and Hendry again at Rebellion. I see. I don't think we do just because they've already run through. But Moose what was version. the point of the Moose thing? Yeah, well, was why was Moose just there? Just them being like Moose wants, still wants a piece of Joe. I think they're just gonna have like a TV match this week. They could, and they could. I think that. But then, what does Moose do for Rebellion? Yeah, Moose is a big Moose name. They... He was in the world title picture last year. So, so he's just not gonna be on the show. Yeah, you gotta yeah, keep he him can busy. Have a different one-on-one match. But I don't see it. This, this is like match. a clear direction. I think. I think they set it up here. I don't know. I think Joe Henry needs to move or away do from multi, this. Or, or you do a multi-man. Match. You can also do that. I mean, you can have a ladder match. For the digital media title, I think that would be interesting. Kind of random. Um, not really. I feel like it's a fr- it's gets new blood into that feud or into that division. Yeah. You probably want to get as many people on this card as possible. I don't think you're gonna have a, another multi-person X division match. 
after Multiverse United just does. Um, the world title's not going to have that. The women's title could have three people at most. Um, so I think having a like a four or five person ladder match is fine. Yeah, I guess. I just don't. I just think it's Moose. It's Moose and maybe Brian as a three way or Card- Cardona. That's so. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. Is I think that's how you can bring Cardona back into yeah. the fold for a bit. Um, but yeah, so Hendry retains, and then after that we got um, Diana versus Giselle Shaw. Mm-hmm. Um, Angela, you got anything specific on this match? Any thoughts, feelings, opinions? I mean, Giselle Shaw's pretty impressive. I will say that. She's been, um, you know, working her way through the roster for the past about a year since she de- joined. And nothing really disappointing with her. The, the combination of her and Savannah Evans has always been a little questionable. But um, it, f- it felt hastily put together. But we kind of finally got a conclusion to that tonight, which mm-hmm. was good. So I think that was more important than the match itself. I didn't expect Deanna to lose necessarily. Also, they wanted to really throw a curveball because Deanna's now in this fatal four-way at multiverse but um no i i felt this was the right outcome diana going over on giselle yeah and they had a nearly 10 minute match here i thought it was pretty good again i think giselle outside of i think jordan grace is easily the best female talent impact has consistency wise for like in ring mm-hmm. i think giselle's up there like you put her out in a ring and pretty much every time she goes out that i've seen at least and uh, i don't watch weekly anymore so take that with how you will. But I, on all these Impact Plus and the pay-per-views, I feel like she always delivers. Um, so, I thought this was really good. Um, again, don't, I, nothing came close to Bailey Gresham for me quality-wise, but I thought that these two, for a 10-minute match, had a, a pretty good one. I thought this was a good match as well. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying Giselle's the second-best wrestler, or, or well, women's wrestler on the No, part. Masha's probably up there, um, too. See, my thing with Masha is, and I've said it numerous times, they don't, like, the fact that Masha is so well-regarded everywhere else, wrestling-wise, she doesn't get to show that as much in Impact. I, I would say, other than her two matches with Jordan, she's never, and the one fatal four-way, she's rarely had, like... What about that bloodbath? Who was it with Alley Cash? Yeah, yeah, that but, was a good match. Yeah, but like, it's very rare that she actually like go out there have a really good ten to twelve minute match. Again, in my in my defense, um, uh, again, don't watch weekly. So my Masha Slamovich matches from Impact are the two Jordan yeah. Grace matches, the four way, and her and Mickey. Yeah. So, um, so to me, yeah, she's, she's, that's fair. I would. Yeah, Ryan I, has seen all the squash matches. Yeah, the, the oh, year-long hey, squash. To, to be fair, I was watching during that. Period, yeah. So I saw the squashes. Yeah, the <laughs> year-long just to just for the payoff to be, you're going to lose every single title match for basically four months. Yeah, but that's not her performance. That's the booking. No, so. right, right. But like, just the, it, it bothers me that that was our build-up to these matches where that she could only basically go a minute or two minutes at most. Um, and then it's like, oh, okay, these matches are wow. But there's no substance otherwise. Um, yeah. I, I, even on the on the Deanna side, yeah. I think this is good like um, development for her as a well-rounded character, so she's not just a dastardly heel at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it makes it interesting because I, you know, I, I, th- I think she could win this multiverse four-way because she's... She's a good hand that could be in a three-way match if Mickey's going to be able to compete. 
Yeah. So is Diana officially a face now? Yes. Okay, so this is the first time she's been a face, right? Yeah, yeah. for the past month and a half, two months, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I which I, I think is, works really well. The crowd is really on behind her. Well, I feel um, like they should. Again, she's yeah. been a, she's, most people have considered her like the face of the division for the past yeah. like, three years. Uh, but yeah, I agree. It's a good development. I feel like much needed since, again, she came in in 2020 and has been a heel since. Yeah, so. right. Um, and I, I know me and Angela have talked about it on the pod before uh, and on some of the solo shows I've talked about. But like, even when she was like the NXT jobber, basically, she was still a heel. Like, yeah, it, that is true. She's so like since he, before Impact. Um, so it, it, this is like our first time ever really seeing her as a, as a baby face. Um, I think she might have been a face in ROH, but the, again, that's years and years. Yeah, ago. Um, and they didn't really have like a full. No, no. at that time that was yeah. It so. was just hey, sh- sh- there you go. <laughs> they have a match. Yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, so yeah, again, I'm not uh, and her running like her she'd randomly do excursions to stardom and stuff, but I, I didn't watch that in like 2016, 2017, uh, so I couldn't tell you. Um, but yeah. Um, I think that I, I'm not sold on Deanna being the person for Multiverse United or to win Multiverse United. Um, I'm not sure who wins that match. Again, I don't know much about Miu. Um, I don't. None of us know how long she's going to be around for uh, if she can get into Canada um, on a work visa. So, like, if she can't, and <laughs> she's just here for Multiverse United, I don't think she should win, win that match. Um, the only reason that I think that she could... Well, no, we know she's in Canada. Because she got announced for the tapings. For She's at the Fallout tapings tomorrow. Oh, it, I thought she... Ah, yes. I okay. Think she, I think she got announced for that. Okay, yeah, so I, I just knew that she, her debut is on Thursday, but the Thursday is a live show. No, it's think, part of the live I show. I think they announced her. Let me double check, but I'm okay. sure they announced. Keep talking. Um, so, yeah, so Deanna picks up uh, a win. I I think Deanna and Giselle have really good chemistry. Uh, I think they, they've shown that through both of their matches so far. Uh, or, uh, yeah, both their matches so far. Uh Deanna picks up the win uh, by making uh, Giselle uh, submit from the Venus de Milo, which it's been a while since she's that I can remember her actually hitting it. True. Um, so what what happened after is yeah. now Savannah a little Evans, bit of a beatdown, right? Yeah, Savannah Evans gets in the ring, uh, starts beating down on Deanna as Giselle kind of calls the shots from the outside as Jay Vidal is caring to her. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, uh, Mia Yamashita versus Killer Kelly is being taped tomorrow. Okay, yes, so I, I do remember that. Okay, so she can get into Canada. Okay, um, so yeah, maybe, maybe she wins it then. Yeah. So um, that, so now, yeah. uh, to save the day, kind of is Tasha Steeles, who <laughs> her music hits, the crowd cheers for. It's a surprise, yeah. But then, while this beatdown is happening, she goes and it do, like does her little dance, interacts with the crowd. Yeah, I, I think we were, you know, <laughs> initial instinct is like, okay, someone's return, you gotta do the baby face running and save the day, a la Hulk Hogan. But I think, you know, if you've been watching Impact, Tasha Steele's whole gimmick is she cares about me, myself, and I. Yeah. So that's, that was very much on pace. It's like someone's getting beat to hell in the ring and she's just taking her time. 
going down the ring, la di da, and then she gets, you know, finally gets there and then confronts Sasha or Savannah. Savannah. Yeah, and I, I they did play up that Savannah, like Tasha was telling Savannah, "Hey, go beat beat up Diana, then throw her to me." Uh, so it did look like okay, maybe Tasha is just gonna come back and just take Savannah back from Giselle. Um, but as Savannah goes to reach down to grab Diana, uh, Tasha attacks her, um, throws an elbow. Savannah gets up, asks her what's going on. Uh, they jaw jack a little bit. Uh, they start brawling. Uh, we get a good cutter. Uh, Jay Vidal gets in the ring. Uh, you have a slight uh, hit a slice bread on him. Um, and yeah, Tasha steals his back, helps Deanna up. Uh, and yeah, uh, it, it, again, this is somebody who, since she's been an impact, has only been a heel. Uh, and now we're going to get to see her as it seems possibly as a baby face. Maybe for a couple a of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can see. Yeah. 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 Um, but for yeah. Sure. Um, Good to see Tasha back. Um, I assume this is going to lead to Giselle and Savannah versus Tasha and Deanna at Rebellion, which is why I don't think Deanna is going to uh, win the multiverse match, just because I think this that uh, this makes a little bit more sense. Nah, that's a good point. Um, so, yeah. Thoughts, Pat, on Tasha's return? Uh, I like Tasha. I don't really know. Uh, again, similar to Deanna, it feels like a fresh direction for her. Uh, seemingly a baby face. No. Um, I haven't seen enough of Savannah Evans, really, to know if a feud between the two will actually develop into anything good. But it no. makes sense. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Impact will ever give Savannah Evans enough leash, it seems like. No. You know, they immediately packaged her with Giselle when Tasha took off a month or two off. So. But to be fair, she is like a good heater. Like she's got yeah. a good yeah. size, she stands above pretty much everybody, and she looks intimidating. So. Yeah. yeah, she serves a purpose, but I don't think she'll you know break beyond that. Yeah. No. The only person that she doesn't really... St- I mean, she's tall-wise, she stacks taller than Jordan, but muscular-wise, nobody stands match Jordan's power right now. Yeah, so... Um, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely beneficial to have Tasha back for the Knockouts division right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, and as I pointed out in our little talks I'm during kinda, the shows... I, am, I will say, I'm kind of surprised that they... With Tasha back, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't just hold off Masha in that four-way and slide Tasha in. Yeah... Like, style-wise, I think Masha makes the most sense for it. But yes, like, yeah. St- again, storyline-wise, it feels like Masha has taken a lot of losses. She's been in a lot of title matches. So I feel else. like she probably could have protected her and not... If, yeah. Again, unless Masha wins hey, the man, match. Hey, man, Masha did just pick up a win against Mickey James. Right. On TV. Okay. In a so maybe intergender right. match that was god-awful. Again, I, I think Giselle's the only person who can't win that four-way. I think Miu could, if she's available. I don't know what her... Yeah. Uh, TJPW schedule is. Deanna and Masha both have history with Mickey. Um, and Jordan, for that matter. So, yeah. like, either of them makes sense. Yeah. But. See, again, I think that in my head canon of this is going to lead to a, a tag match at Rebellion between Giselle and Savannah, Deanna and Tasha, it wouldn't make sense for Tasha to be thrown in here because... Then, or they just do a singles match with Tasha versus Giselle. Yeah, or Tasha versus yeah. Savannah. Please don't put that on the pay-per-view. 
Um, but yeah, so we'll see. But yeah. Yeah, Tasha's back, and her and Dion are faces, so I think yeah. that's good. Um, yeah. Next up. PCO versus Kenny King. All right, so. This is 10 minutes. This did not feel like 10 minutes. This kind of just felt like this was over in like five. This was just like a rapid pace here. This, this was off, a car crash, literally, yeah, basically. Yeah, I, this just started off. I don't even remember how this started, but once... Kenny once... jumped PCO as PCO was getting into the ring. Okay. Uh, the big spots here are PCO uh, malfunctioning, just like slapping his head and then just sprinting out of the ring and doing a suicide dive onto nobody. It's like you're playing um, 2K and you just like, you, you do the suicide dive into yeah. the wrong section. That's exactly what he did. Yeah, just in yeah real that, life. that's what we should make sure. It wasn't like he overshot anybody. No, no, no. Yeah. Kenny King and Eddie Edwards were on one side of the ring. And he decided just... to go and jump towards the ramp, which was not the side of the ring that they were on. It just wipes out and then sits up Undertaker style or PCO style. It's yeah. called PCO style. Crowd, crowd goes crazy. He gets for it. back in the ring and then does another suicide dive. This time landing on Kenny outside of the ring. <laughs> uh, and if that wasn't insane enough, then they would proceed a few minutes later. Again, literally, probably within the span of two minutes, we got this setup where PCO goes up to the top row. Kenny King and Eddie Edwards cut this off. Kenny King then proceeds to basically do Lance Archer's blackout to PCO on the side of the apron, and this man takes this in, like, the worst angle possible. Like, this was... Full back onto yeah. the apron. I don't know how you walk after this. Yeah. That man must be sitting in an ice bath right now. And then he proceeds to finish the match. Like, he yeah. proceeds yeah. to continue wrestling. Uh, also, at the be- near the beginning of the match, Kenny did a suicide dive onto PCO, and PCO just sold it like his back gave out, where he just goes limp. Uh, that was good. Um, this is where Pat noticed the guy that <laughs> looked like a 30-year-old man who was trying to... Cosplay as Hulk Hogan, basically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and something. he just could not unsee this for the rest of the show. No, because again, like I would, as I mentioned to you guys, it would make sense if you're like a 50-year-old who still idolizes Hulk Hogan. But to think of like somebody around your two ages, of like a 30-year-old who literally has yeah. grown his hair, this wasn't a wig, <laughs> grown his hair to look like Hulk Hogan's, as well as having the Hulk Hogan facial hair. That's a lot of commitment. And he had a feather boa, too. Yeah. So, uh, good, the good NWO episode. feather boa. Yeah. Uh, PCO won this, as I think we all expected. Uh, Kenny King would have a chair. Uh, ref nonsense where the ref wasn't paying attention because Eddie Edwards. And yeah. eventually, PCO just punches the chair into Kenny King's face and knocks him out cold and then pins him. Uh, yeah, this, this was fun. You can't go wrong with I can't say that this was a a good wrestling match, but I will say I had fun with this. I don't think you'll ever get a good wrestling match. I I think the the PCO-Jonah match. Yeah, those those were were awesome. Those were were really good. But this was just like... This was, there, there was no real... I'll even go the PCO versus (laughs) fucking Gallows match. I didn't watch that one. That one was good. That was... Gallows' singles matches were better than any Good Brothers tag match. They, and they were, and there weren't many, but they were good. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, PCO's a train wreck, and it's hard to look away. It it's so fun. Um, but yeah, uh, we were very confused about the uh, the glitch, as Impact called it. But yeah. Good Is this the first time he's done this? Yeah. From what I remember, I, yeah. I've never seen him in impact. do this. The commentary made it seem like he does this. This is not the first time he's done well, this. Well, he always had Vincent there to you know make sure he was even keeled, and now he has yeah. no like, keeper. So yeah. he's on his own. So I, I, I get the idea. Yeah, so he's going to need Destro to come back from... That was his manager, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah. But this sets up PCO versus Eddie Edwards, which has been announced for the Fallout tapings, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, and presumably that won't be the final one. They'll probably have a stipulation match at Rebellion. Yeah. So, um, Andrew- Eddie! <laughs> <laughs> I'm also, we also pointed out, uh, it was, or I should point out, that during the match you just heard people in the crowd yelling Eddie, Eddie. Like, like PCO does, which is fantastic. I mean, it's catching on. Uh, Angelo, uh, are you still um, in the train of PCO winning the world championship? I, I, mm, I am, I think. You think but- it will happen or you want it to happen? <laughs> a little bit of both, yeah. right? I'm in the um, same boat. <laughs> I, I, I think it was more realistic before the, uh, what you call it, Josh Alexander injury. I think, not that PCO would have beat Josh Alexander, but I think there would have been like, okay, it makes sense that like he could be a transitional champ somewhere in between, and maybe now that, that timeline might have gone away. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he is a hot commodity attraction. I think if you put the belt on him for two months, it would be, be the talk of the town. I, again, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't like ever put the X division belt on him. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. You, 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 you can get a, you can get a lot yeah. of good matches in like two months of tapings. Yeah, yeah. or you could also get PCO as the digital media champion since he uses social media very often. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I uh, just feel like he could do Ultimate X. He oh, hundred percent, he could, and he would. Yeah, he would, he would, That's and he would thing. also like he wouldn't win that match. He would just jump off the top and probably land on nobody, and it would look. It would make us cringe, but it would be worth it because it would be a great spot. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess my perfect world, if I was the booker, I would have had this Eddie Edwards versus PCO before the title at some point. But Josh Alexander had such a good run with the belt, you know, there was no sense in pulling it from him. But mm-hmm. I felt like in October, Bound for Glory last year, that was like kind of where I felt like it was going to head. Yeah, yeah, I remember us talking about them, yeah. uh, And then once once Eddie lost, then we were all like, well, it's, it's got to be Macklin. Right, right. And then, well, no, no, no. We thought Bully Ray for a time period. Yeah, there was, there was a, three months of like, oh, crap, it could be Bully Ray. And yeah. then there was the time that Ryan spent justifying that it would have been okay if Bully Ray won this title. <laughs> we're not there yeah, now. We, no, we're past that. We're past that, and it's much worse. It's Bully a, Ray's running impact has been much worse. It's not... It, he, if Bully Ray, for some reason, is listening to our podcast, just because you get heat and people boo you doesn't mean that you should keep wrestling. Stop it. Get some help. You know, I will say, him versus Josh and Hard to Kill was very good. Yes. Mm-hmm. But everything else has been trash. But I think it was because he was against Josh. Yes. I think Josh elevates everybody. Um, up next, again... I think this is one that we don't have anything to say about, which is a shame because it's the it's another Trey Miguel title defense, and I think he's normally one of the stars of these shows. I, I don't feel any type of way about this match with Lince Dorado. Uh, I don't even remember how it finished. I just remember Trey pinned him. I don't know if yeah, he hit I don't remember. It, it, it was, was a very, weird finish. It was very was like a, was yeah. like a Frankenstein or her Karana roll-up, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think um, so. And, like, the... The ref counted to three, didn't signal for the bell originally. Lindsay had looked like he kicked out, or was, like, getting up. Uh, and then the ref, like, Trey, like, looked at the ref, and then the ref rang the, called for the bell, and commentary even seemed very confused about this. It was a very odd ending. I'm assuming this was a botch. I'm assuming yeah. this wasn't how supposed to end. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, it was very odd. I thought, again, from what I saw, 
it looked like a perfectly fine match, but there's no story or anything. It was just Trey against Lindsay Dorado, who hasn't appeared in Impact since, I think they said, 2013. And is signed to MLW. Yeah, so... Um, and as, as... The only... I think Pat's biggest pop here for this whole thing was uh, as they announced, uh, as Lindsay Dorado was coming down to the ring, uh, he was dressed as, like, Hugh Hefner. He was. He came out with a, a robe and a boat captain's hat for some yeah. reason. And then commentary talked about how it had been a while since they had gotten live with, uh, with Lindsay. Yeah. Pat didn't pick up on this. He was just like, oh, the, I guess the commentary is saying that they get high with Lindsay. And I was like, no. What, what commentary did these, these two individuals do with Lindsay Dorado beforehand? That mentions live, and then he was like, "Oh, 205 live." That reference. that was the long way to explain. There was a 205 live reference on yeah, this show. Pat's, yeah. Pat's, Pat and Jake's favorite wrestling from a uh, wrestling show of the uh, 2010s. No, I think that would go to AEW, brother. Uh, anyway, uh, Trey retains. Uh, this is a match you can probably skip. Sorry, but yeah, like it, again, and this just goes to my. It was quick. About, it was quick. Yeah, and it goes to the the exhibition feels very stale, which is bad. Yeah, and um, hard to do with such a low. They they can they can work it real quick if they wanted to put the effort. I think just like unfortunately, there's been a lot of well, not unfortunately, there's been a lot of good pull like uh, Ace Austin and Chris Bay are busy with you know the yeah. tag titles. There's all different things that are pulling the direct the X-Division wrestlers away from the X-Division title. And it felt needed for Ace as, as somebody who, yes. like, again, love Ace Austin, think he's great for the X-Division, but he's been in the X-Division for like, Yeah, years there's, there's a purpose where you want to elevate. You don't want to be there forever. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, and that would lead us into Ace Austin's match on this show, which was Ace Austin and Chris Bay representing Bullet Club in their first title defense of the Impact World title, or not world title, world tag team title against TMDK uh, from New Japan, represented by Bad Dude Tito. And Shane Haste. Um, we got a promo beforehand with TMDK, and I can also say that I didn't know what Bad Dude Tito's voice sounded like. <laughs> uh, I've heard him from, because he was always in the ringside last year for the G1, so I remember yeah. hear, hearing him talk. I just had never heard him like do sentences. <laughs> and so yeah, he, He's a guy, he just yeah. sounds like a guy. Uh, commentary called TMDK the Sex Pistols of Wrestling, uh, to which... Me and Angelo were talking. Doesn't really other. make too much sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you want to be called the Sex Pistols of Wrestling. I think their reasoning for it is the fact that they're led by a British man and they have a punk rock British song as their entrance theme. I'm assuming. I think, I think it ends there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming their knowledge of this faction ends there, and they've never seen them before. Yeah. Likely. Like the Sex Pistols' longevity. They they were a band for like maybe a, maybe years. five years yeah. at most. The TMDK in some form or another has been around for the past like ten years. Yeah, so wow. this and it, has this had it, more than four members. No, this iteration is new still. Yeah. Okay, uh, they okay. just formed in last year. Well, with Saber taking over January. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I thought this was actually a very good match. I enjoyed this one a lot. I think this would probably be my second favorite of the show. Either this or Deanna and Giselle. Uh, Giselle. Yeah. Um, I think Ace and Chris Bay are a very good tag team. Um, Which you were... I was very negative on them during the Super Junior Tag League at the end of the last year because for some reason New Japan booked these two very exciting high-flyer wrestlers to basically work a match doing rest holds against a lot of people. 
And I was like, what are, what are we doing here? That's not what people like Ace Austin. Yeah. Uh, right. So seeing them go like like high octane, full full velocity here against TMDK. Everybody's wrestling high speed, suicide dives everywhere. Bad dude Tito doing suicide dives. A clean that, looking. That's that's the way you want to see dive. an Ace Austin and Chris Bay tag team title match. They're going to be exciting. And again, you got that basically. Uh, you had Saban and Shelley, who kind of made this type of wrestling uh, popular in TNA. And now it's you these younger guys who just beat them for the titles. Yeah, it's, the it's, passing of the torch. It's yeah. pretty cool. Exactly. Uh, so I thought this was a very solid first title defense for them. I will say, again, the booking of this match, I'm still confused by it. Like, Bad Dude Tito and Shane Hayes did nothing to earn this title shot, and then they have a second title shot coming up next week. Mm-hmm. But regardless, good t- good match. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I want to see more of TMDK. Uh, just because they're fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is there a title shot next week, what, against the Motor City Machine Guns? No, no, against, against these guys. Again, the, just the it's, same it's, thing. It's, it's them plus the Motor City Machine Guns plus Aussie Open in a four-way. In the, yeah. in the multiverse. multiverse. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, again, it just feels weird that they announced that. Why match. would you have a single and then be in a four-way? Yeah, yeah and right. why would you announce that yeah. like this? And you should have probably had Ace and Chris cheat to win this to, like get them another yeah. title match or something. But regardless, right. it was a good match. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, no. Uh, and more Bad Dude Tito and more uh, Slapjack, please. I think everybody's forgotten about Slapjack. This sends us in... You should come out dressed with the mask at Multiverse because it's the Multiverse. Uh, yeah. This sends us into the match that should not have ever been put on a pay-per-view. The wow. Busted Open match, which was stemming from the Busted Open radio show that they did during No Surrender, which was one of the worst segments of the year in any wrestling promotion. Agreed. Uh, Tommy Dreamer versus Bully Ray in 2023, live on pay-per-view, in a match that, again, as far as we're aware, as we were watching the show, they didn't explain the rules until during the match. Uh, which we understood, really that. which they, we understood it to be a first blood match. Yeah, and so Bully Ray eventually bleeds here uh, after some time. But the ref is down. I don't remember what took the ref out. I don't even... But the ref was down for probably five minutes. I've never seen mm-hmm. a, a ref go down for this long. The ref was dead. Uh, and not have somebody come to check on him. Not have another ref come out. Yeah, I don't know. This not is... have him like start to wake up and somebody else hits him. Like th- this was just bizarre. Yeah, it was borderline insulting intelligence. Yeah, yes. like you yeah. would have, like you could have easily done something where like the good hands come out earlier and they prevent the other refs from getting to the ring or something. Yes, no. but no, instead just no referees or, or anybody from backstage, no doctors come to the ringside to check on the guy. No. Uh, so Bully Ray's gushing blood here, and he just takes over and just starts beating up Tommy Dreamer. He pushes his face into thumbtacks, but Dreamer doesn't get cut up from it. Eventually, he slams his arm into it. And then runs him into the, the ring post and Dreamer Blades and then comes up with uh, blood. The good hands come out. Uh, they wake up the ref. They see Tommy Dreamer as Bully Ray t- throws a towel over his head. And because the ref can't see Bully Ray's face, he calls the match and Bully Ray wins. Yeah, well, I think the important part, and just knowing how the weekly Impact episodes go, is what they're going to drill in on. I'm sure like the first thing they're going to show Thursday in the, the highlights is... The bull- well, well, the hockey player, definitely yeah, that. We'll Derek talk about McCoy. that. I'll let pack into that. I, I even think more important than that, they're going to drill into, you know, Tommy Dreamer with the cheese grater because it's like, oh, this yeah. is the revenge. And Bully's, like, on his knees pleading, please, please, your daughters are going to watch oh, this. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. that. That's so right. I think that that is, like, going to open impact on Thursday. Yeah. I, I can just feel that. Yeah, that's so. probably fair. And um, my, my thing is... So Tommy stopped, yeah. and then just immediately got low-blowed, because, yeah. you know, that's cheap heat Bully Ray. Yeah. My thing is, 
you are a former AC. Your whole gimmick has been hardcore. Why would they? Why would your daughters care about this one single match? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it because you know he's a fifty-something-year-old man. He's not the kid he was in the nineties. So like, he, you know, he has in the back of his head like. What are the repercussions of this? That's a little bit of a play on it, but also at the same time, it's like we've seen the same shtick from Bully Ray since we've been professional yeah. wrestling fans. So yeah. it's, <laughs> you know, how, how often can you keep going to the same well? And not just that, like, even with, like, in the whole segment, before, with the, bus, the worst segment of the year, basically, dr- like... Dreamer was like, I can't, I, I'm tired, I'm not, uh, I'm not listening to your apologies anymore, and Bully Ray was like, oh, you know, we need to put it past us because, we're, like, I don't want to leave you with your family and, you know, us not being together because we're brothers and all this, and then that's what got Tommy and me like, okay, like, yeah, it, I, I believe you. It, it just makes Tommy look stupid again. And yeah. Like, yeah. What's the what is the build like? The build is that two fifty plus year olds are gonna continue feuding in a feud that nobody cares about. Who's putting over who? Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, like nobody's putting over anybody. It's yeah. stupid. All right, so I guess we could talk a little bit. I don't know too much about it, but the the, the former Detroit Red Wings hockey player. Yeah, Darren no, Hardy. But uh, he is a four time Stanley Cup champion. Wow. He was an enforcer for the Detroit Red Wings, uh, and he was at ringside. Enforcer means basically you just beat the. Sh- you are just there to beat people up. He's the guy that is throwing the fist. He's the per. Yeah, I, I know it's that less prevalent in hockey now, but I remember yes. like watching a documentary, and they like they used to they, like literally just get like former boxers and put them yeah. on skates and yeah. throw them out oh, there. God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, yeah, like the '90s was a rough time. Yeah, so he started in the the '90s and during the dynasty of the Red Wings of the late '90s, early 2000s. Okay, I think he retired in 2008 or 2009. He had a long. He was like a 20 year guy, like just beating the crap out of yeah. people. Anyway, so he's at ringside. They show him before the match as Bully Ray comes out and makes his entrance. He's getting into it with the crowd like Bully Ray normally does, and he just gets into this guy's face. And just lobs a punch at him. Yeah, like this looks like, like a clean shot. Like, yeah, it was, that was during the match that happened. Oh, I thought that was. Oh no, that was when they went to ringside. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, he first pours a beer on him from the guy next to him. Yeah, spits the beer out at him, and then just throws just a punch him. at him. Yeah, okay. and uh, the security was already right there and like tackled McCarty. It's like bully Ray punched this man. Yeah. That um, is no, st- still security's job is to protect yeah. the talent. Yeah. But so this sets up your angle post match here. So Bully Ray, the good hands are there, um, beating up on Dreamer, beating up on Dreamer, and this guy jumps the barricade. Security gets on him. Bully Ray taunts him, gets the mic, and then tells security to let him go, let him in. Uh, and so what, what's his name? McCarty. McCarty. Yeah. McCarty comes into the ring, takes off his jacket, um, revealing the Detroit, Red revealing the Detroit Red Wings thing. I thought it was supposed to get like a reaction from the crowd for like if you didn't know him. I, to be fair, I don't think the crowd was very mic'd up well, so no. I don't know if there was a big reaction no. for it. It's also not Detroit. No, they're not. In, yeah, yeah. There was, yeah, they're like, oh, hockey. People in Canada that. like hockey, right? That's I think what's like, kind of what they're going he's for. He's from Ontario, but like. The Detroit yeah. Red Wings are not Ontario's team. The, no. Ottawa, the Ottawa Senators would be. But he steps up to Bully Ray and they just go at it. They do like, like uh, hockey fights. Straight up hockey fight here. Uh, and then the good hands come in again and numbers get too much here. And they end up putting him through a table. Uh, and then we get the return of Scott Demore, who comes out to a big reaction here. 
After uh, Yuya. Oh, Yuya Yamura comes in. He gets beat up. Then Scott makes his return. We really are just stretching this thing out here. Yeah. Scott returns, starts uh, undoing his, his clothes, and then... Spits out his gum. Spits out his gum, t- throws off his glasses... And then Bully says to get in the ring, and uh, Scott then basically, you know, looks like he's going to accept, but then calls out a bunch of people from the back, and out comes Heath Slater, Rhino, Mike, uh, Bailey. Mike Bailey, Jonathan Gresham, and that's that's it, right? Because then Yu Yu would be the other one. There was like six people. I don't remember. That could have been it. Yeah. I, it was six. Those five plus Scott. Yeah. Six. Uh, oh, Joe Hendry. Joe yeah, Hendry. Yeah. Um, they all get into the ring. They run off the heels, and then one no, of no, the... no, no, you forgot the best best part. Did he? Did I? Scott Demore fighting with. Oh well, I guess Bully Ray. well they they, they do run off the heels, but then yeah, they run then off the heels in, and then John Skyler the John Skyler gets oh, in, yeah. and then he hits the Canadian Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't miss it. I was getting there. Uh, so yeah, John Skyler slides in the ring. Scott Demore hits the Jason Hodge. One of the good hands gets in the ring and hits it a Canadian hot. Destroyer, and uh, the crowd goes wild for Scott Demore. I mean, I went wild. Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we saw I mean, Scott Demore hit a Canadian Destroyer in his like business clothes. That was yeah. Scott awesome. Demore, who I don't know when the last time he's had a match. Yeah, I mean, but he's he's a trainer, so he knows also, what he's doing. He's also a bigger guy. He is a right, right. He's not yeah. a he's not a Petey Williams size. <laughs> Like, you know. it was impressive. No, I mean, I popped for that. That, that was the best part of this whole uh, match That's... segment by far. Scott Demore's last match... Uh, well, it was yesterday. Yeah. Last year, there was a five-on-four handicap rival survival match in Impact uh, that he was a part of. Uh, was this a, was the... Oh, the IPWF yes. shows. Okay, okay, but not counting yeah. that, because I don't know if that was just a comedy thing. Yeah. Was... I mean, he, he probably... Puts a fight in it. Was in 2021, before that, 2018. Okay. So, he still has done sporadic things. Yeah, I forgot he, he's he, in IPW. He's, uh, I think, Josh Matthews' uh, dad. Oh. oh. Anyway, so my assumption is that we're getting a Scott match. I think he's going to do something with Bully Ray, whether it's a multi-man or whatever. I don't think he'll do a singles match, but I think you're going to get Scott and Bully at probably Rebellion. It could be, it could be Impact's slash TNA's classic 5v5 mm-hmm. type That's of situation. Build the teams, yeah. I think the crowd's into it. I think yeah. you can definitely yeah. run with it. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I don't think there's anything better to do with Bully Ray. No, him in a mid-card thing with like that. Scott. As long as this doesn't become the Honor No More thing where it's... If you beat us, you can stay. If you lose, you guys all have to leave. No, and we're just gonna do this for three months. I think this is just a one and done. I think yeah. this is. A, I think you do a couple like matches setting up the teams, yeah. and then probably the match, the pay per view, either this pay per view or Slammiversary. Yeah, Slammiversary. I think. Wait, is Rebellion in Canada? Rebellion is the next show. Yes, yeah, and that is Canada. But one of those Canadian shows they do this. I think. Well, they've got four Canadian shows because they they would announce Bound for or was it Slammiversary? Slammiversary. So we've got oh, uh, Rebellion and Slammiversary, and we've got No Surrender in between, or, or not No Surrender. Uh, Under Siege. It, Under it's Siege, not happening yeah. on that. It'll be yeah. one of the two pay per views. Under the Sea. Yeah. Uh, and that sends us into the main event, which was the Time Machine taking on Frankie Kazarian, Rich Swan, and Steve Macklin. Uh, this was the longest match on the show, and this felt it. I zoned out of this match hard. Uh, yeah. I think this just felt like a standard six-man match that you would see on TV. It uh, lost its muster once Josh Alexander was not announced for it. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, and I just thought it was, again, I, I just think it was kind of weird booking. Like, halfway through this, Steve, like, turns on Rich Swan and just throws him to the Wolves. But then... He kind of, like, explained himself to Kaz. He goes, oh, I didn't want to get the team disqualified. And it's like, no, you were just being an ass. 
Yeah, <laughs> and then but he and then he rejoins the team here and wrestles yeah. the rest of the match like the next ten minutes, and then Time Machine just takes out Steve Macklin. They they all hit their moves on him and they tap him out like clean as a whistle. Um, I'm assuming he taps immediately once the hoverboard lock gets put yeah, in. I think so one, it's a protective think, move, but I think it's also Macklin just trying to preserve himself. Yeah, like, right. I think that was the argument because he was like standing; he was fine on the ramp. Yeah, and um, him and Kaz, him and Kaz were going at it, and even after that, he was like standing there, fine. I think to your point, Pat. Yeah, it was more of like he's not trying to get hurt. I think Matt Rainwall was trying to play that as well. Like, oh, you know, he's saving himself for a rebellion, which makes situation. sense storyline wise. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, right, Macklin's out there for to protect himself and himself only. Yeah. But I just think, like, like as again, this isn't, like, one of your big shows of the year or anything. But it just felt like a very weird headlining match to just have, again, what you would assume. For is the like way a, to end. Yeah, way. this just felt like a, a TV match where, like, it's setting up, like, yes. your, your, your next pay-per-view, like, uh, main event. And even with Josh, that's this is, would have been a similar ending, honestly. Someone else might have tapped, but, like... I, I yeah, wonder what they would have done here. I think, I, think, I think Swan probably would have tapped out and then Macklin would have came out or something. Right, right. So it's like, a, again, a setup match, though. Because they weren't going to have, like, Josh tap out to Kushida. No. So, I don't know. But I just felt, I just feel kind of weird that, like, we know that the main event of Rebellion is Kushida versus Macklin. And you have Macklin tap out to Kushida here. Um, just feels kind of weird. Yeah, I, I think, I think they'll, you know, Impact will hedge their bet this Thursday. I'm sure Macklin will, like, kind of explain, like, oh, I'm just, I was saving myself. I'm yeah. Something of that sort. Which, if know? that's the case and they explain it that way, or, like, that's the implication, then I think you can get fine with it. Um, and I think the match that they'll have will probably be very good. Um, right. I think Kushida and Macklin are both great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I just thought this kind of closed out another, this is back-to-back Impact shows where I just feel kind of nothing. Like, the only match I would actively, like, recommend everybody go watch if you're going to would be Gresham and Bailey. Um, and that's more of your taste. Like, again, Angelo, you said that you would prefer seeing Bailey do more, like, like high-flying, fast-paced stuff rather than the technical stuff with Gresham. Yeah, like, I, I preferred more of his, like, X-Division title run where he had those, you know, one-offs with Alan Angels, even the fights with Kenny King. That, that type of stuff is more up my alley. I, I don't know. Jo- Jonathan Gresham, I do appreciate his technical ability, but... I think he's a very niche technical yeah, guy. It's not yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like Claudio or Danielson where they right. are very, like aggressive and like fast with their stuff so they, like, they have a really good um i don't know like the, it's almost like the wwe thing they're, they're very good at captivating the audience yeah Gresham, you have to really be into his style to get yeah, like, if yeah. you're not if he doesn't get you if he doesn't hook you then you're just like kind of like all right yeah um so again if you if if you weren't into like gresham and you're not into that style then i think that this is mostly a show that you can skip aside like yeah. your only big noteworthy news thing here coming out is tasha returns yeah no title changes Oh, and Scott's back. Yeah. Yeah, and does Canadian Destroyers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just watch that on repeat, but I agree with Pat. It's, it's you know, unf- the last show was probably more Impact's fault. This one was just, unfortunately, in- injuries kind of curbed this whole show for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was just another mediocre show, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've said it before to our little group of friends about wrestling. Honestly, I think that this, for, I know that I'm, I'm sure this is a hot take, but of the three major promotions that I follow, and even to some extent New Japan, this is 
honestly, since January or even December of last year, I would say this is the least interested in all of wrestling I've been in a while. I just don't think anybody is connecting on storylines right now, minus whatever the top feud is. And I, I've said it before that I thought the Scott and or not Scott Macklin and Josh was really good. Unfortunately, it got cut off short. I think the Bloodline stuff in WWE has a reason why people have enjoyed it so much. I think the Elite and Hangman storyline in AEW connects with a lot of people because it's the main focus and has been for so long. But other than that, I think that a lot of the promotions, at least that I follow regularly, just don't make it all the way down the card where all the stories click. And it's kind of taking me out right now where it's like a lull period that shouldn't be this long. Like, get it together. Get your get your X Division stuff together. Get your Knockouts Division stuff together. Hell, we, we all know, get the Knockouts Tag Division stuff. Either scrap it all together or just stick with teams more than a month. Yeah, I can't speak much to the Impact's women's yeah. division there. But, you know, I, I think it's a philosophical point, almost the, to go full circle, kind of the argument with, you know, having your world champions maybe be exclusive just to protect yeah. them. Uh, wrestlers these days, they are wrestling everywhere. If you're not in WWE, you're wrestling everywhere, and I think that kind of dilutes things in a lot of ways. You don't get time to build storylines in the smaller scale of things because you're you're more worried about... Not necessarily chasing the next paycheck, but flying into to get to the next match, and the next match the next day. You might be wrestling two a day, et cetera, and et cetera. So you're not like so hyper focused on like building out storylines. I think unless if you are that core in the world title picture for whatever company you are. That's kind of how I see it. And I think you know, just in the world we are today, like you know, we're we're here for like highlight reels on Instagram and reels and TikTok essentially. So you just want to kind of see quick action highlights. It's hard to capture a full story. There's not as many people watching the full show anymore. Personally, that might be what you're into, but I'm into Volador Jr. showing up to the CMLL show going on tonight dressed as an avatar from James Cameron's Avatar. Well, see, that's great, and the point exactly is you're watching an eight-second clip on (laughs) Twitter right now. Hold on, on. I thought Volador Jr. isn't a masked luchador. He comes out with a mask and takes it off. That is hilarious. But again, I agree with what you were saying. Uh, I just saw that on Twitter, and I had to... Had to get you my had yes. mark out. I had to. I had to. <laughs> now, if that was a character in Fortnite, would you have to get that? I would. I would. Um, so yeah, uh, I will say again, Impact's actual one. Like again, I count the Impact Plus shows as pay per views. I don't know what to call them. They're, I count them as pay per views. I just don't. I think there's the big four. Yeah, and then there's the other thing. Looking at their big four, I think Hard to Kill was a very good show. Yeah. Um, but then looking at like last year, I feel like they were on a run where some of the Impact Plus shows were like some of the best shows of the year. I think my my show no of last year was um, I can look real quick, but it was one of the Impact Plus shows. Yeah, there were some really good ones. Emergence. Um, I don't uh, Under Siege, where we got Ishii versus Josh, was really good. Um, there was a bunch. Yeah, I don't I, know all of them off the top of my head. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Was, yeah, it wasn't was last year. It was, it was end of twenty twenty one. The King and Queen won the Homecoming. tournament. Homecoming. Homecoming was really good. I really enjoyed that, and that yeah. was kind of like a nothing show. I mean, it, it crowned Diana and Rainwald as King. You know, the Homecoming King and Queen yeah. really meant nothing besides like a little bit of storyline for themselves. But I thought that was a great show, and that was kind of just built on nothing. But I, I just felt 
Eh, it, it depends. I, I just felt more passionate in that one. Yeah, yeah, and I thought that, and that was when Impact, I think all their stories were clicking. Right, right. The stories in general yeah. were clicking. I felt like I, I felt everything had a connection. Yeah, so I do think that their next show, which is the Multiverse United show, this should be a hit just looking at this card. Yeah, uh, I mean, which I'll run through real quick. Yeah. Um, I don't remember it off the top of my head. So you have Alex Coglin, Sammy Callahan, Fred Rosser, and PCO taking on uh, J.R. Kratos, Tom Lawler, Eddie Edwards, and Joe Hendry. Very weird match, but again, all the talent in there. That should be a fun eight-man match. I'm assuming PCO will have... I don't even know who I really... Uh, PCO and J.R. Kratos will be a fun, like, hoss fight. Two really big guys that can... Honestly, have... PCO and Tom Lawler yeah. have some fun stuff. Yeah. Because Tom Lawler's a fun guy. Uh, Jeff Cobb versus Moose, I think, is appealing to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think Moose has really improved for those who haven't seen Moose in a while. Um, I think, really, his run and impact from 2021 and 2022 should prove to you just how good he is. Yeah. Yeah. And he's polarizing, but and I don't know where he goes now with impact without being in the world title picture. But talent wise, he is much better than oh, that guy absolutely. that came out in impact of going just down the ring. Moose, like yeah. you know, very one dimensional at the yeah. time. Um, he's he, he's well much more than just former football player. Yes. Yeah, uh, I think he's he's a he's a very captivating performer when you actually sit down and watch oh, him. Jeff Cobb has become just a, a truly tremendous wrestler um i'm very excited for that you have the x division title match which is trey miguel defending against rocky romero frankie kazarian rich swan clark connors and kevin knight that should be very very good um i think that'll be a coming out party for kevin knight for anybody who hasn't seen him that's not an ultimate x it's just a normal just, six yeah, yeah. just a normal six okay. one and i mean kevin knight's been killing it yes that. yeah he's i think I, he's somebody who i'd be very high on if you're new japan or if you're impact or AEW. he's wrestled in all three of them yeah uh, whether he stays with New Japan long term or whether he wants to stay in America and work with Impact or AEW, he's somebody who I definitely keep an eye on. Absolutely, a lot of upside. And Clark Connors has a lot of upside too, as well. Yeah, Clark's great. Um, the World Tag Team Titles are on the line. Bullet Club defends against Motor City Machine Guns, Aussie Open, and TMDK. That should also be a very good multi-man match. Uh, you have your one like new, proper like New Japan versus New Japan match here, which is Kenta versus Minoru Suzuki for the New Japan Strong Openweight Title match. I mean, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah you know goodness. what you're getting with that. Um, oh, there is also a pre-show match: Yuya Yamura versus Gabriel Kidd. Uh, that's also happening. I haven't okay. seen Gabe Kidd in a while. So. Uh, the women's match, which we now know has the uh, title implications here, where you have. Uh, Miyu Yamashita versus Diana Perazzo versus Giselle Shaw versus Masha Slamovich. And then the original main event was supposed to be um, Josh Alexander defending the world title against Kushida. That's obviously not happening. Kushida hasn't been announced for anything. So the presumed main event for me is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Mike Bailey, which should probably be one of the best matches of all of next weekend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This isn't a show that has a ton of storyline implications aside from your women's match and the Impact World Tag Title match. And again, I think Trey retains, so I don't think that changes anything. Uh, but this should be a very good show and one that will probably draw a lot of attention from people. So, it's already a sold-out in-person show. Yeah, so I think if Impact and New Japan like nail the, the landing here and put on a really good show, then I think you'll have a lot of people possibly hyped for Rebellion and Slammiversary over the next couple mm -hmm. months. Yeah. So. Um, hopefully they get back on track because again I think that they did have a lot of really good like one-off Impact Plus shows last year um, and their pay-per-views tend to always actually hit it out of the park so yeah. it's just that these last two No Surrender and Sacrifice were definitely on the lower spectrum yeah um, I agree I'd give this show thumbs in the middle pointing downwards yeah I'll do in the middle yeah I would do middle pointing down probably yeah. um, 
but yeah so i think that's about it yeah um it, it's not like we we've got three weeks till rebellion we don't have a ton of stuff announced for that um and we don't have it they haven't really announced a lot of stuff for the fallout shows like they have in in shows past where they've basically given you every single match they're told you what every single match is going to be for the next month which i kind of like that they haven't done that um leads to some surprises yeah um but yeah um we'll talk to you next time yeah thanks for listening thanks for listening i don't know when the next podcast we'll do is again we have been terrible at podcast this year but i think it's just everybody's busy busy. yeah Um, most people in the group has become like full full full-time adults at this point um so yeah so whenever you hear from us next we will be around and if you listen to this thank you we appreciate it and uh we'll talk to you in the next episode Bye. bye